Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. I am your host for this hour. And, of course, Calvary Live is the program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions and give prayer requests. You just heard the number given at 303-690-3000 is the number that you can call, and it will um, give you the opportunity, as you call that number, to be on the air and to be able to ask questions and give prayer requests. Maybe you got a question about uh, the Bible, your Bible reading has brought up, or teaching that you heard. You want some clarity and understanding. Perhaps you want uh, some clarity and understanding uh, on concerning um, Christian living or uh, some of the things that you hear going on around the world and around us in our lives. How do we respond to it as Christians? So give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You can also have another means to ask questions and give prayer requests. And it's a text line. It's dedicated to those of you who want to text 720-336-0897. 0897, and I'll be giving those numbers throughout the show to remind you that you can call or text in a question and prayer request. Love to minister to you in any way that I can, and I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners. You're listening live all along the Front Range uh, in Colorado and Southern Wyoming, and I also want to welcome all the online listeners. Uh, you too can call anywhere in the country at that number, 303 690 3000. And for you who are on the East Coast listening to Truth FM or Hope FM, uh, even though you're a week delay, you can give us a call and be on the air. And I'd love to talk to you guys. Always enjoy you guys on the East Coast calling in. Um, I I just uh, see it as a blessing. I enjoy the questions. And uh, so I welcome you to call in at 303-690-3000 or give me a text at 720-336-0897. I think that most of us are uh, have our kids back to school. Uh, the universities have started, and uh, so maybe you're picking up your kids from school. Maybe uh, you're uh, getting them a snack at home. Uh, maybe you're just there watching soccer practice or uh, football practice, whatever the case may be, and you got some time. Uh, I hope that you're blessed by today's show and that you can give me a call, those of you Uh, who are able to do so or give me a text. So welcome all of you who are listening today. This is your show, and uh, we just look forward to what the Lord has for us. I do want to read to you from Isaiah 44. On Wednesday nights here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we are going through the book of Isaiah, and I have really enjoyed that study. Isaiah is just a masterpiece. Uh, It's an incredible book, and I love the promises that are in Isaiah given to us. And we uh, are going to, this Wednesday, 
uh, be looking at the promise of the Lord who says in chapter 44, verse 3, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offsprings. And so maybe you're feeling a little dry today. Maybe you need to be refreshed and renewed. And it was Jesus that said in John chapter 7, on the last day of the feast, that come to me, all of you who thirst, and and drink of me, and out of your belly will throw uh, flow torrents of living water. And so we are to go to him. Of course, Jesus said, come eat of me and drink of me. Come uh, drink of the living waters is what he would say in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, if you drink of the water of the world, then you're going to thirst. But if you drink of the living water that Jesus has to give, it will bring ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. And so we're to go to him. And I wanted to encourage you that as you go through life and and as you feel dry in your soul and in your heart, make sure that you go to the source that's really going to fulfill you and satisfy you ultimately, and that is Jesus. Go to his word. Look to him. Uh, He's the source in which we are refreshed and renewed. So I hope that this program will do just that. So give me a call. All lines are open at 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. Looking forward to uh, having a discussion with you, uh, bringing clarity and understanding from the Word of God to your questions and praying for you. I'm sure that you who are out there, you have prayer needs listening. I'd love to just lift those prayers up to the Lord, even as Hebrews chapter 4 says that we can go to uh, the Lord in time of need to the throne of grace. Uh, Let's start with the text uh, uh, question that has come in since we're waiting for phone calls uh, and the um, calls to come in. While we're doing that, let's uh, read a text question why was Abel's offering accepted by God when Cain's was rejected in Genesis chapter 4? And that's a good question. And as you're familiar with uh, the text, what happened, and I'll read it to you by way of reference, is that uh, in the beginning, as, of course, the two sons of Adam and Eve were to bring an offering to the Lord, and it says that... um, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. This is Genesis 4, verse 3, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel's uh, and his offering, but d- did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and it is a desire for you, but you should rule over it. So I think that it gives us an answer there um, in verse 7, that as it was uh, Abel that brought that offering from his flock and of their fat, he gave the very best of his flock. We know that uh, it uh, was accepted to the Lord. And um, so um, he was accepted, uh, uh, his uh, sacrifice, his offering. It was Cain that brought uh, the fruit of the ground of the Lord. Now, when you initially read that, you begin to think that, well, that, you know, wasn't very nice of the Lord. Does he like ranchers over farmers? And, And it wasn't that way. 
Uh, I think the key is in verse 7, what I read to you, that he says, uh, Why are you angry, Cain? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, that Cain knew what he was supposed to do. Cain knew uh, was what was acceptable to the Lord. And, and the Lord says, listen, if you do what's right, then it'll be accepted. And I think that faith had a lot to do with it as well, because we get that hint from the book of Hebrews uh, when we read uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, by faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was committed as righteous. So Cain was apparently characterized by unbelief and unrighteousness, and it was able to offer God a, a more acceptable sacrifice because through his faith, um, he, it was pleasing to God. So uh, he knew what was right. I think the application for us today is this, that sometimes people want to come to God on their own terms. They want to try to please God on their own terms. And, of course, Hebrews says that we cannot please God uh, without faith. And second of all, that if we desire to to honor the Lord and please the Lord, we need to do it in a way that is given to us in his word. And we are called to be living sacrifices unto the Lord and to give a sacrifice of praise, you know, a sacrifice of giving, uh, as there's these sacrifices in the New Testament that are spoken of um, that we can give to the Lord as living sacrifices, pleasing unto him. But we want to make sure that we know what the Word of God has to say, apply it in our lives as we give those sacrifices unto the Lord. Well, um, we are still uh, waiting for the lines. Hopefully my Skype didn't go out. I'm going to type these guys to see if we're still here um, and go from there. But uh, we have open lines. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. And we'd love to hear from you and and um, and uh, to answer your questions. We do have another text question that has come in. And We'll try to see if this Skype, just so you guys know, I don't know if my Skype is working or not here. So we'll keep trying. The lines are full. Okay, Frank, you, Frank, if you have to tell me somehow my Skype is not going, I might have to reboot it. So let's go to line one, okay? Okay, Chris, line one? Yes. Hi, Chris. Hi. Sorry, my Skype was kind of it's acting up all of a sudden. So... Um, I know that the lines are full, <laughs> so it's good to have you on Calvary Live. So what can we do for you? Well, I like that you started out with Refresh and Renewed because um, not only am I asking for prayer for direction, but Refresh and Renewed sure falls in there, too. Then going yeah. through some changes, and um, I think, this is the direction I need to ask for prayer in. Okay. I'd love to pray with you, Chris. Father, I do pray for Chris. I pray that you would um, just help her. She desires direction. And Lord, I pray that you would bless her, that you would speak to her. Father, we thank you so much that you do desire to do that work in our lives. So just speak to her. Give her that still, small voice. Um, in her heart as you direct her. And Lord, I pray that um, that she would know that you want to do that in her life. 
And so, Lord, uh, to refresh her and renew her, you want to do that in every area of our lives. So please, Lord, we just ask that you would just make it clear to her that you would guide her and um, in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, Thank hey you. I want to give you some scripture, okay? And oh, sure. It, yeah, in Isaiah chapter 30, you know, the Lord was trying to, to get the children of Israel to come to him for direction, for guidance, for counsel. And he gives three steps to them. He says, returning in rest, she shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. So number one, what we are to do is to go to him. And then second of all, we are to wait on him. He says, therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And blessed are all those who wait for him. So second of all, um, we are to wait on him. And then thirdly, Isaiah says, we will hear from the Lord. And your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So you are to go to him. You wait on him and he promises that he'll speak to you. You'll hear from him. And he'll be a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. We know that Paul would write in Colossians chapter 3 that he says, May the peace of God rule in your heart. And that word rule means a baseball umpire. So what the Lord desires is for you, as he's speaking to you, um, that you have a peace in your heart. And that word rule means to make the call. And I know for me, when I'm making a decision on guidance or direction, that I need to have that peace that rules in my heart. And the the Lord, as you seek it, as you ask for it, he'll give you that peace. And if there's something that's there that's just like, I don't have a peace about this, I'm just not comfortable with it, then it's like the Lord is flashing these caution lights at me, just saying, stay put, you know, continue to seek me. And and, and that's the wonderful thing about being a Christian is we have the Lord who desires to guide us and direct us in those areas of life of, should I go here, should I go there? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, should I be a part of that? Whatever the case may be, and and the Lord will be faithful to speak to you and then give you that peace that rules in your heart. Does that help? It does. It does. Okay. I hope that does. So the Lord bless you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're going to continue on. Again, my Skype isn't working, so Frank's going to help me out. Let's go to line two. You're on Calvary Live. Hey, Pastor, how are you? I am good. I'm having a little technical problems all of a sudden, but um, we're going to we're going to do our best. So, who am I speaking to? To Jerry from New Jersey. Hey, how are you, Jerry? Good. Thanks for calling. I have a question on uh, Revelation 18. The woman sitting on the beast. Is uh-huh. she representing? Uh, is she supposed to be a represent like a country or something in the, in that time in Revelation? In Revelation, I'm reading chapter... it, and it's and it's yeah. a lot of it's like hard, I mean, trying. I've been actually I'm reading it over again to try to really for the Holy Spirit to help me to uh-huh. um, really be able to. You know, this is curious about her if it is a country. Well, um, what we have here is in Revelation chapter 17, we have Babylon, which is the religious Babylon, and that's the woman riding the beast. Um, oh, okay. The woman, 
arrayed in purple and scarlet. Chapter 18 is the fall of Babylon, and that's commercial Babylon. So what we have in Revelation chapter 17 is uh, the woman riding the beast, and this woman, Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots of the abominations of the earth, this represents a false church. This is a worldwide false church that's going to be accepted by the nations. And she's riding the beast. So the beast is the Antichrist. He's called the beast in the book of Revelation. And at first, when the tribulation starts, the Antichrist comes on the scene, and he is one that um, is, um, you know, uh, is um, coming on the scene, rider riding the white horse in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, conquering unto conquer. He has a bow, but not an arrow which symbolizes that he's coming on as a peacemaker. He's going to make a covenant with Israel for a week, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And he's going to use this worldwide false church for his purposes. Another clue that uh, in this is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when Paul says that um, when it comes to the day of the Lord, it's going to be marked by the Antichrist who's revealed but also there's going to be a falling away that comes. So this false church rises up on the scene. Uh, this false church uh, is on the scene there. Um, that's a worldwide false church. The Antichrist will use it for his purposes, but then we see that what happens is that uh, Paul the Apostle goes on to write that the Antichrist, he will go into the rebuilt temple and he will exalt himself above all that is called God, so that it, uh, uh, he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So, Jerry, what's happening is, in the middle of the tribulation period, is Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, as Jesus himself said that when you see the abomination of desolation that is spoken of Daniel the prophet, that's when the Antichrist goes into the temple and he proclaims himself as God. It's at that time is believed that he's going to destroy this false church that's spoken of here in Revelation chapter 17, because the Antichrist is directly influenced by Satan himself. And what's one thing that Satan has always wanted? Power to be worshipped. Like yeah. Worshipped by Christ. He, he, he like wants. Yeah. Jesus. He wants to be, you know, worshipped and. That word antichrist means not only um, against Christ, but in place of Christ. So he's going to come along. He alone wants to be worshipped. He's going to command the world to worship him. If you don't, he's going to persecute you. And that's why the tribulation saints and the Jews are going to be heavily persecuted. And then you will not be able to buy or sell unless you take the mark of the beast, make your alliance with him. So the Antichrist comes on the scene. He's an economic leader, he's a religious leader, he's a military leader, and he's a political leader. And he's going to support this worldwide false religious system. And I think one of the major signs that we see that we're in the last days today is that we see more and more, um, even as John would say in uh, his first epistle, that you've heard that the Antichrist is coming— and many Antichrists are here already. The spirit of Antichrist, and he uses that word Antichrist, small case A, 
to talk about those who are false, false teachers, false prophets, you know, those who are misrepresenting Jesus. And we see a great increase in that in the church today. Unfortunately, when I say the church, I mean the church at large, that there are more and more that claim to be Christians, but yet they don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in the truths of the Bible or the truths about Jesus Christ. Um, and it's an, we're seeing that at an alarming rate. So I think that we're seeing the very stages and the very foundation of this false church being built even now that we need to all come together and be tolerant. And, you know, you Christians that say that Jesus is the only way, um, th- that's not right. That's not true. So we're being called today to stand on truth more than ever, to stand on the truth of what the Bible says and concerning Jesus Christ. So this false church is going to rise up. It's going to be a worldwide false church in Revelation chapter 17. So hopefully that helps. Thank you so much. Yes, it has. I really appreciate it. This, and then Jerry, it's an Revelation... Book. It's good, you know. Yeah, and, and then... <laughs> And then in chapter 18, it talks about commercial Babylon. So this world system could be called Babylon, and, and all of that's going to come to an end. And then the Lord in chapter 19 is going to come, and he's going to establish his kingdom um, for, for all eternity. So, um, so anyway, it's a good question, um, and uh, a lot of people uh, wonder about that, but there's religious Babylon, and then there's commercial Babylon that's being spoken of. Well, thank All right? you. Really, you, know, you really explained it good. Thank you. And I tell, Seeing what's going on in the world today is an exciting time. We, shouldn't, we know uh, that our Messiah is coming back, so praise God. Yes. Yep. God bless and you, are, and I enjoy the show, and the Lord keep you th- guys safe. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. I am having a little tech. We got Luke on line three. So, Luke, are you there? Yeah. Hey, how are you, Luke? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you? <laughs> uh, hey, um, you know, it's wonderful when technology is working, but, you know, at the beginning of the show, my Skype was working. That's how we know who's online. And it just went down, and I don't know what's going on. And so, hey, we're going to get through the show, and we're just going to, see what the Lord has, and see if it pops up again. But I appreciate you calling and being patient. Hey, well, yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, flying blind, so to speak, without your Skype and everything. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my. We'll get through it. So you got a question for me or a prayer request? Um, I, I, I would just do a prayer request, please. Um, so... I'm I I'm in a relationship with a girl. We both follow Jesus. We love the Lord, and uh, so we're both on the same page. Thankfully, as far as um, you know, no sex outside of marriage um, uh, at all, um, and we've stayed that way. Um, but sometimes I think since uh, I mean this is my first relationship since turning back to God. Um, I guess sometimes I feel like it's uh, it's hard to find where uh, boundaries should be, so to speak. And as as a man um, in this relationship, I, I kind of feel like I should be the one 
leading the way and basically saying, hey, you know, this is too far and this isn't. So I could really just use some prayer as far as, you know, discernment and uh, wisdom for, you know, just uh, being respectful. And I think I think it's such an important topic and question that you're asking because we, we live in a day and age where um, even Christians really struggle with um, the idea of when they're in a relationship of dating that there is to be purity and yeah. um, because they're accepting the culture that says, oh, just go out and do what you want. Everybody else is doing it. And it's, right. it really is uh, uh, something that even Christians— it, it really is sad to to think about um, how Christians think it's okay for them to live with their boyfriend or girlfriend, to be sexually active. Um, God loves us the way that we are. Uh, don't judge us. And we know that the Bible talks about that we are to live in purity. And, and in relationship, that purity um, is going to go a long ways in being a testimony to your girlfriend who you're going out with um, of your commitment to Christ. But you are to take the lead in that, Luke. Right. So you are to make sure that that purity is is marked in your relationship because here's the thing. If you're going to compromise before you get married, that compromise can be there after you get married, if it comes to that. But the Lord desires for you to treat her in a way to where you're going to say, listen, she belongs to the Lord. And right. I'm assuming she's a Christian, right? Yes. She yeah, belongs met, to the we Lord. We met at a Bible study. So. Oh, that's great. And, um, and so she belongs to the Lord. She doesn't belong to you right now, in the right. sense that you're not married. So the Lord's expectation from you is you are to treat her, first of all, like a sister in the Lord, that you are to treat her with utmost respect and then to be that testimony to her of if you know it ever does come to marriage you're going to be called to lead in that relationship but but lead now lead in a way to where you are making sure that um, you're treating her with respect you're treating her where you're cherishing her you're listening to her you're serving her but then you're leading in a whole area of purity and, and so you want to make sure that you're not doing anything to bring temptation into the relationship. You're not, you know, sometimes people say, well, I'll just stay overnight, you know, and and we'll sleep in separate rooms. The temptation is there. You know, you go home yeah. and, and you make sure that, you know, that that you are ones that you're not moving in that area where the physical begins to take priority over the spiritual. And so... Take the lead in that, Luke, and God will bless your marriage. I tell you, if you do get married, he'll bless your relationship. And um, and and that is so needed today because there's too many people that think, well, I can just live any way that I want or treat you know my, my relationships to where the dictates of the flesh are there and a priority. So make sure that, that purity is a mark of your friendship with her. Okay? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Can I pray for you, Luke? Yeah, I'd really appreciate that. Look, I I really appreciate you calling and asking that question because I think that that question isn't asked enough or isn't desired enough. 
and and how I long for our young people to know that the culture is just ripping everybody off um, and you know and what they say to do and um, and we need to be biblically sound so father I pray that you be with Luke and this girl that he's seeing that purity would be marked in their relationship that you just grow them in their friendship and grow them spiritually and Lord if it is to go to where uh, you know further and more serious that you would guide them but Lord may their relationship be pleasing in every way so be with Luke and guide him in Jesus name Amen Amen Hey thanks Luke for calling Hey appreciate you hey. have a good day You too Hey we're going to go to the break we'll be right back on the other side of the break you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs and stay tuned Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. You're listening uh, to the program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions. And so we invite you to do that, 303-690-3000. If you've been listening to the show, I have a little bit of a technical problem on my end with the Skype, but they are relaying the information to me. And um, so um, give me a call, and we'll get you online. And uh, we'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. There is a means to be able to text. I haven't been able to get that going, um, but 720-336-0897. Go ahead and text in your question. And if we can get things up and going, that would be great. But let's go ahead and go to line three to uh, Eileen in Baltimore. Yes, Eileen, hi. how are you? Am I um, saying that Eileen, right? Uh, is it Eileen or Eileen? It's Eileen. Hi, Eileen. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. Yes, um, I I wanted just a prayer request because my husband just lost a nephew um in trinidad and he also has another nephew who is battling cancer and having chemo so and he is uh also was in the armed forces so and i also asked for um a friend of mine who's who has a cousin who's battling cancer also so um if there's any way you can just pray for them i would really appreciate it Absolutely. So, Father, I thank you for Eileen, who's calling. Um, And, Lord, she has a couple people that are very precious to her in her life. So I pray that um, as they're battling cancer, that you would be with them, that you would guide them. Um, Lord, for her nephew, uh, for her friend, you know exactly what's going on with them. You know exactly who they are. So, Lord, we pray that you would... Uh, touch their their bodies from head to toe, bring in healing and strength. But, Lord, more than anything, that you would draw them to yourself, that you would minister to them, and, uh, Lord, that you would um, just um, bring comfort and, and assurance. And, Lord, be with Eileen. Give her the wisdom and, and the strength to be able to minister um, to them, Lord, her nephew, her friend, Lord, just um, I pray that you would show yourself strong and uh, give Eileen the words to say 
uh, work in this situation uh, all the way around to where you may be glorified in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Bye-bye now. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. I think we have Jalen in Aurora that's online. Jalen? Hi, how are you? You're on Calvary Live. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Good. Jalen, is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Can we pray for you, or can I answer any Uh, questions you might have? Actually, both, if you don't mind. Absolutely. so lately, uh, I've been, you know, um, dealing with a lot of mental uh, anxiety stuff going on. Um, and then also I've been having um, lots of scary thoughts about death. Um, and I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know if they're from the enemy or from the Lord and how to discern them. Um, and I've been praying on them, um, but it's just hard for me to discern those thoughts sometimes. Um, I don't know if the Lord's trying to tell me that I'm going soon or what. Um, so I was wondering if you could kind of help, you know, yeah, give absolutely. me some scripture or something with that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, um, Jalen, one of the things that we do is we do battle with the enemy. And in Revelation mm-hmm. chapter 12, he's called the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night. And mm-hmm. where the battle oftentimes is, is in the mind. Um, mm-hmm. And what the enemy does is he likes to sow seeds of fear and doubt and discouragement and defeat. So one way that you can tell when something's coming from the Lord or when it's coming from the enemy, when it's coming from the Lord, any kind of conviction or he's speaking to us, it's going to bring edification. It's going to uh, encourage us. It's going to be, okay. even in the correction, it's always going to be to draw us to him. The enemy, right. he brings condemnation and hopelessness and discouragement, and it's always mm-hmm. to push you away from the Lord. So that's how you can discern. And okay. the, real, the real key is is to take the promises of God to renew our minds, because that battle's going on. And mm-hmm. what it says in Revelation chapter 12 is that they overcame the enemy, um, Satan, who's the accuser of the brethren, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of testimony. And what mm-hmm. really helps me is, first of all, to know that I belong to the Lord. Um, I, okay. I've mentioned on the show that we're going through Isaiah, and I've read Isaiah several times as a Christian, but mm-hmm. we're going through it a little bit slow, and it just really has encouraged me because, you know, the Lord is saying to his people, you belong to me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I I love you. You're mine. I've redeemed you. And, and he says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you in chapter 43. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And he says, you're precious in my sight. And I read those promises, and that encourages me. And to know that I belong to him, he loves me. And his ministry to me is is that he desires to, to do a new work, even in the next chapter, that a new uh, thing, a, 
it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And he goes on in chapter 44, I'm going to pour water on him who is thirsty and on floods the dry ground. So, you know, that's the promises that you begin to take in and and be strengthened by, because I need the Word of God and the promises of God to strengthen me. And all through that, Isaiah, he's been saying, don't be afraid. So, you know, the Lord desires for you to just stand on his promises, to rest in his love, to to be encouraged, and and so be in the Word of God. And then have others, um, Jalen, that are praying for you. Um, have others that you know, can encourage you. And that's important in our lives as well. Um, right. So, you know, hopefully that helps. But the enemy's going to yeah. come along, and he just condemns. And he just, you know, he lies, and he beats us up, and, um, right. you know, brings depression and discouragement and defeat. And you know it's coming from the enemy when it comes that way. Mm-hmm. I think that does help. Um because my main struggle was discerning whether it's coming from God or not. Because um, sometimes, even when I'm reading the Word, um, those thoughts will come to my mind, um, but it's discouraging. It's not It's not peaceful or hopeful at all. Um, so that would mean it's from the enemy, right? Yeah, and, you know, here's the thing. Even when the Lord is bringing correction or chastening mm-hmm. us, it's always because He loves us, and it's always to draw us to Him. You know, mm-hmm. um, a bruised reed he does not break, and a smoking flax he does not quench. And there are times in my life where, you know, you hear people say, you need to be on fire, you need to be on fire for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always feel on fire, you know? Right. I feel like I'm smoldering. And he doesn't just yeah. dump a bucket of you know water on you. He doesn't, when we're bruised and feeling down, he wants to right. lift us up. He wants to encourage us. So it's always to draw us to him. And and when it's, you know, yuck and when it's, you know, um, not good, um, you know, then it's from the enemy. I'm going to read you another passage. This is going to help you from James. Um, James, this is very important. Um, James. And I, James chapter 3. And he, he's, he's talking about really wisdom, but he's talking about that which is demonic and that which is heavenly. He says, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, this is verse 14 of James 3 in your heart, uh, don't boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy, self-seeking exists, confusion, every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above, this is what's coming from the Lord, is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And so we know that it comes from above when the Lord's speaking to us, His wisdom, His comfort, when it's pure, when it's peaceable, when it's gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, and without mm-hmm. hypocrisy. And that I can filter through that. All the things that are coming in my mind, what people are telling me, what it is that I hear— and um, right. but if it's confusion, and that's what the enemy does, he wants to confuse. And the right. Bible says that our Father's not the the um, the the you know God of confusion. Um, if mm-hmm. it's you know just um, envy, self-seeking, you know, a, a downer, you know, dark. 
it's coming from the enemy. So hopefully mm-hmm. that helps. Okay. Yeah, it does. Okay, can I pray for you? Please. Father, I thank you for Jalen calling and just thoughts that he's had, discouragement. He thinks about um, these thoughts that maybe is the Lord uh, coming for him. I pray that he would understand this, that he has every day to live, and the Lord is the one that appoints us to that, and he doesn't need to worry about it, but to live every day for the Lord and um, and to know that the Lord wants to use him, that wants to work in his life, and to live by faith day by day, and to be able to discern that which is coming from the enemy and that which is coming from you, because we know when it comes from you, it is pure and peaceable, gentle. It is truth. It's not confusing. It's full of mercy and and good works and without hypocrisy. So I pray that you help Jalen just be able to discern um, the things that uh, that you have for him to renew his mind with the Word of God. Uh, to know what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God, and, Lord, that um, you would bring him a peace that rules in his heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Let us let me know how it's going, and keep praying, and the, you're going to see the Lord is going to minister to you as you just trust in him and his promises and resting in his love. All right? All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jalen. Appreciate you calling. No problem. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Let's go to Jason in Denver. Jason? Yes, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing okay. On the way home here, just had a quick question for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I was uh, wondering um, about the uh, the Nephilim in uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. It's kind of something that puzzles me. Um, I was wondering... Uh, like how these sons of God, supposed uh, like demons, are uh, mating with uh, human women. Is it that they uh, can actually like create their own body to do this with women, or do they possess like earthly men to do that? How, how could that happen? Well, we don't know for sure exactly if that's even what it is. That's one of the suggestions that it is. That I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Uh, those who were the mighty men who are old men of renown. Um, so something was going on, right? Um, something right. was going on at that time b- before the flood, um, to where it says that the sons of God saw the daughter of men, and they were beautiful, so they took wives to themselves of all whom they were chose. So there were giants, or Nephium is the word on the earth. So some have suggested that it was demons that were um, having relations with uh, the daughters of men, and the offsprings were giants. That's one take. And it's interesting that from the book of Jude, um, we have some interesting verses. You're probably familiar if you've looked at this, uh, that it talks about that... um, that uh, the, the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved an everlasting change under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So, um, and then in the next verse, it's likened to immorality. He's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. So, some have suggested that somehow they were mating with the daughters of women, 
trying to pollute the the human gene pool so that uh-huh. Messiah wouldn't come. That that was one of them. But it is kind of interesting that you do see giants that are mentioned even after the flood that ended up, I believe, in the book of Joshua, ended up uh, being destroyed by Caleb when they went to take the land. Now you see, because they were descendants of Anakin. So some have suggested that maybe no, it's just the line, there's the line of Seth, um, and then there is um, another line um, of that came these giants, and that's simply speaking of of that, that through the line of Seth was the godly line. And and so you have different views on it. How is able to do that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And so it's interesting. It's a question that gets asked a lot, but I don't know if we can be real dogmatic. Something was going on here, right? That, right. Um, that was going on, and, um, and that may be because... I think if I remember, and since I got everything that's down, I can't pull anything up. Um, I oh. think this, yeah, you got to go from the top of your head. The sons of God, that um, these terms are used for perhaps demonic spirits um, or demons. Um, did they possess men at that time? I, I don't know. It's a weird thing. So I wish I had a better answer for you. All right. Um yeah, because I was actually trying to see if there may actually be, like, physical archaeological evidence that suggests that they were around. You know, and I read a lot of skeptical articles, no, they really didn't exist and everything. But there's uh, some fo- photos from, say, 2016 in Greece of these uh, giant skulls in the, in the ground, and I was... I was just curious about that, if you knew anything about maybe any well, evidence that pointed towards it. Yeah, and on what happens, and of course we know that everything that's on the Internet is true, right? Um, oh, right. <laughs> right. And there's been pictures, but, you know, the ones that I've seen have proven to be they aren't real, they're fabricated. Whether there is or not, I don't know for sure. Um, but for me is that, um, you know, there were giants in David's day. I mean, he fought Goliath, who was nine feet tall. And right. Um, but there was the, you know, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, they were afraid. They were afraid because of the giants that were there. And then Caleb, he said, let me at those giants. I, I want to battle them. And I love that story, Caleb, because here he is, I believe, 85 years old, and he's as strong as he was 40 years prior to that. And he wants to battle those giants. But in Joshua, I believe, somewhere around Joshua chapter 11 or something, um, it talks about how they defeated Anakin's. And so uh, the Nephiums, um, and so that was, was that the end of that? Uh, I don't understand it all, but something was going on here before the flood. Did it have something to do with trying to pollute the, the human gene pool so that Messiah wouldn't come? I don't know. But it is kind of fascinating to look at. I don't know of any evidence, maybe some have, of giants and big skulls that have been found Um and I'd have to look, but, you know, for me, really the bottom line is I believe what God's Word has to say, uh, Jason, and, you know, about creation and the miracles. Somebody was asking me today about, do you really believe that, you know, Jonah was swallowed by a large fish? Yes, I do, because Jesus put his, you know, okay on it and said, 
that no sign will be given to you except for the sign of Jonah. And um, so, you know, I believe the Word of God. What was going on here exactly, I don't know. Um, It'll be fascinating to find out when we get on the other side of eternity. That this whole whole thing is mentioned just before the flood occurred, or when uh, the Lord spoke to Noah, the flood, and it speaks to me about the evil and corruption of the world, and that these giants may have played a big part of that. Yeah, I would imagine they did, uh, very much so. And um, because he says that, you know, as there are giants on the land and mighty men of old, renowned. And then the next verse he says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that right. Intent. And then if Jude truly is connected to that, that these had to be locked up, uh, these guys are not, you know, this is demonic activity that's going on that is very dark. And uh, so obviously it would have something to do with the wickedness of men, what was going on in the earth. Right. So, hey, if you find anything, Jason, that, you know, of, you know, that is interest, give me a call back and let me know. Yeah, yeah, I will. And uh, thanks a lot for taking my call. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling. Appreciate your question. All right, let's go to line one. Hello, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, it's Pastor Jeff. Um, question I have is, what can I do, or what do I need to do to stop gossiping tongues? Because I know God has shown me that every time I do that, it's the same as murdering someone. And I don't want to do that. I hate it's... my... I hate mm-hmm. my mouth when I do that. I hate. I don't right. want to be like that. And I think that the Lord, as He's convicting you on that, that He's the one to help you. And I want to give you a verse that that is going to help you. That has helped me. And of course, gossiping. You know that um, James talks about the tongue. The tongue is like a fire. Um, that it's just, it does destruction in what we say. You know, we grew up, I remember growing up, and, and I think probably the saying is today, is that sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? Well, words yeah. do hurt. And the words that we speak are either going to tear down or they're going to build up. So for you, here's a verse. Paul writing in Ephesians chapter verse 29 he said let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers so listen a real key is to pray and I'm going to pray for you that I don't want to speak anything unless it is good for necessary edification is what the word of God says I don't want to hurt anyone I don't want to. Um, I don't want to, um, you know, gossip. And of course, if I was you, start reading the book of Proverbs too, because Proverbs talks a whole lot about what comes out of our mouths and gossip. And of course, Proverbs speaks about it. In you know, it's not a good thing. It's the fool that gossips. Um, 
how, how it cuts, how it um, hurts people. So anything that you say, you want to make sure, is this edifying somebody? Is this lifting somebody up? Is this, you know, encouraging somebody? And if not, then, you know, keep quiet. And one of the Proverbs that I always like to go by that's helped me is be quick to hear and slow to speak, okay? Yeah. So you li- you listen to people. Be listening and be slow to speak. Think about, because sometimes it'll come out of our mouth and all of a sudden all this stuff comes out and before we know it, we're gossiping. And even listen, listening to gossip, you don't want to be a part of it. Because the Bible says that we're engaged, you know, listening to it, you're a part of it, and that hurts people. I don't want to listen to gossip. I don't want to listen to slander. I don't want to listen to to people that like to go around and slamming people all the time. And we live in a culture that loves to do that. It's radio, TV, talk shows, all that, that we love to listen to gossip, the latest news, the juiciest thing that's going on. Even a lot of the news today I call tabloid news um, because they love to to spread these things about people. Listen, if you... Here's a good principle I live by. If the person that you are talking about, if they were there listening to what you have to say, would you want them to hear what you're saying about them? You, you know, if if you're talking about somebody and and if, you know, they knew what you were saying about them, would it be encouraging? Would it be edifying? And if not, then don't say anything. And it's best, I think, for us to just be quick to hear, slow to speak, don't say anything unless it's necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And, and here's the thing, sister. Nobody likes to be around gossiper. People want to be around those who are going to be edifying and encouraging, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm going to pray. You know, give it to Jesus. Put it under the blood of Jesus as you've asked for forgiveness and say, Lord, help me. Be a sister that's going to be an encouragement to others, you know, and, and to care for others. Give them the scripture. Even, even though I know, I know this isn't God. I know this isn't God. Like I visualize my father looking at me and just shaking his head like in such disappointment. Like, yep. You know what? I, I've taught you better. You know and what? And he has. He's taught me yeah. better. And that's what right. I think that's what hurts more is that I know I hurt him. Yeah. And and the thing about it is it does hurt. But who, if you need to go to somebody and ask for forgiveness, do that. But here's the thing. You want to move forward. And that's what Paul said. He said, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So if you need to go and ask for forgiveness, do that. Humble yourself. Put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. And then say, I'm going to move forward, and I'm not going to do this anymore. And it's a heavenly Father that loves you and that he's going to help you do that. And and so I want to be an encouragement. So... um, it takes a lot of humility to ask for forgiveness and, um, and you know, let that healing and restoring work be done through the Lord. So can I pray for you? Yes, please do. 
Father, I pray for my sister. And um, I just pray that you would um, just be with her. She's brokenhearted over the things that she has said. Um, And we know that gossip can be so damaging. We know it hurts and it cuts deep. And Lord, you don't want us to be involved in it. But what you want us to do is you want us to be uplifting and encouraging. So Lord, I pray that my sister here, that you would help her to do that. That she would not speak anything unless it's edifying, encouraging, building up, even if there needs to be correction, even if there needs to be, you know, uh, a gentle rebuke, but motivated by love. And Lord, I pray that you would help her in any relationships with her father or anybody else that's been damaged, strained and severed because of what has been said, that you would begin to bring healing, that there be forgiveness, Lord, there be restoration, And, Lord, you want to do that work, and you can do that work. And, Lord, I just pray that you would work in our life, Lord. We thank you. We can put things under the blood of Jesus and then move forward. So I pray that you would do that in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. You are welcome. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show. I believe we just got a little bit of time left. Thank you for your patience today. We got through the show. Hey, stay tuned to to tomorrow at the same time. Uh, Tune in to Calvary Live. And God bless you and have a great evening. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.